So, one of the best qualities I think about you when I think about you, um, Miss Brooke, is uh, you are very brave. You you have been since the beginning. I think uh, that was one of the first things that I noticed about you. And I think you deserve a lot of credit for for reproducing in this crazy world and and taking that task on. I know that uh, I've always believed in in having kids. When I was younger, I thought I wanted 16. And then when I had my daughter, I was like, oh, one's enough. One's going to be good. <laughs> and I actually heard a funny uh, statistic today that in the 1820s, the average female woman um, gave birth to about 13 kids. So I think about that as opposed to today, and most people have, what, three, maybe four kids, tops. Two two might be the average, but um, I think 13 kids. Can you imagine how long you'd be immobilized for? Like, that's, that's, that's like two decades of raising babies, you know? Um, you haven't got into the fun stages yet. How old is, how old is your boy? He's three months in three days. Three months in three days. Mm -hmm. So you're just like a drop in the bucket. Um, my daughter's 13 now and I was before prepping for this podcast, I was trying to think of, you know, when my kids were babies and what it was like and, and what you must be going through now. Um, so kudos to you. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so glad that um that uh that you were able to embark on this journey and uh you were able to find a guy that was uh you know, willing to put up with your shit but also lucky enough to, you know, to tie you down as a mother. Um I always thought that uh you you had those maternal instincts and you had it you've been taking care of people forever. Um it seems like I know that you always um had to help out around the house, whether it was with your mom or your grandmother or your brother or your dad or fill in the blank, you know? It's completely different with kids, though. Um, you know, with family, it's easier to tell them no because they're older. You yeah. Know, with, a, with a newborn, you can't say, hold on a minute or I'll be right back or I need a break. So yeah. it's, it's, it was definitely a shocker. I'm, I am a caregiver, but being a parent and a caregiver is... You had to work on your endurance a little bit, huh? Yes. I bet. Um, so tell me about pregnancy. Um, was it what you expected? Was it easier? I was fortunate throughout my whole pregnancy and everything. Um, you went to term? I did. Okay. 41 weeks and three days. Nice. Um, I had to beg the doctors not to induce me because they get induced happy nowadays. Um, I think the baby will come when it's ready. Yeah. Um, but pregnancy wise, I was lucky. I had a slight bit of morning sickness. Not really too much food aversions. Um, I didn't want meat at the beginning. Hmm. Um, and I and love you're, meat. you're a big carnivore. Yeah. I love meat. Yeah. Um, so that was a big shocker. And I didn't want vegetables. Hmm. And I love vegetables. Um, so my diet consisted of potato chips. <laughs> I mean, anything that I would sound good because I did not want to eat. Like, I, I lost weight at the beginning. Yeah. Um, well, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. But not from being sick. Just yeah. because food wasn't as appetizing as it was, um, and I had some issues with smells, and now smells would trigger me to be sick, um, we got a good kick out of it, and it'll be a story that will make Beckett laugh one day, and that's my son's name, is Beckett, um, and 
the story is is that one morning I woke up and his dad had passed gas. <laughs> it sent me straight to the toilet. I was hugging that porcelain god like I had binge drink for 24 hours. Oh, that's it was so horrible. funny. Yeah. Oh, because you never want to get mad at someone for like passing gas because it's a natural thing, but if it literally triggers you to be sick, I'm sure you were pissed off about that. No, I was laughing actually so hard and he felt terrible. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. it, but it was like, it was, like, the second time I'd thrown up. And, like I said, I didn't have that thing that some women have that just keep them extremely sick. So, for me, a couple times it wasn't bad. And vomiting while you're pregnant is completely different than vomiting while you're sick. Okay. It's nowhere near as bad. Okay, because vomiting is, like, the worst thing. It is. And I hate it. And I cry normally. And I want my mom. But this is not that bad. I don't know how to explain it or why. It's just not as bad as being sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is it always getting whatever's in your stomach? or is Because I feel like in the morning time, like, you should have everything pretty much digested. So when you get morning sickness, is it, like, dinner from last night or is it just... Um, it's never really morning sickness. You don't... Some people have actual morning sickness, but I had 5 o'clock sickness when I would get sick and it would come like clockwork. 5 p.m.? Yeah. So at 5 o'clock, I would have to leave work quickly. Because if not, I would catch it in the parking lot. Oh. So I'd try to get home. It was like between 5 and 5.30, but I knew it was coming. Because right when I would shut the door of the office, yeah. I would start to get that yeah, queasy yeah. feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my coworkers knew, so they were just like, go. Did you have, well, so you had to pull the pregnant card then. So. Well, I mean, I wasn't pulling the pregnant card. It was either I leave or I throw up and everybody yeah. hears me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you ever get to pull the pregnant card? Like, oh. um, I did stay sick. Um, I stayed sick with a cold. I was... During cold and flu season, yeah, February um, was when I got pregnant. So March and April, I stayed sick. I think I missed probably ten to twelve days of work just from being actually sick. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so that, that's a lot for you. You never call out. Yeah, that's a that and being sick in general. I normally yeah. don't get sick with like a head cold and yeah. things like that. But I mean, it, and come to find out, it was actually allergies um, that I started having to take Benadryl daily Ooh. and Zyrtec. To keep me, and I didn't have bad allergies. That's just something that changed with my body. Yeah. When I became pregnant. Well, I know um, when when my wife at the time was pregnant, it was like the only time when I really treated her like I really should have the whole time. Like you, you want to baby the pregnant wife. You want because you're not only taking care of you know the person you love and the person that's having your kid, but you're also taking care of your kid. You know what I mean? So like you mm-hmm. want to give them, you want to feed the cravings. You want to you want to make sure she's comfortable and you know. So I can imagine you know him you know making you sick would definitely uh, you know make him feel upset or I'm sure he was running outside the next time he had to, you know what I'm saying, pass gas or something like that. But um, what were your cravings like? So I know you didn't, you stopped doing meat, but was there anything like, you know, like fish and tacos? Oh, gummy bears. Gummy bears. I had gummy bears daily. Nice. Sour gummy bears, regular gummy bears, gummy worms. Okay. Gummies. I had my whole office, like, turned on to gummy bears because... It's like one of those nostalgic kid foods yeah, yeah. that you don't think about until somebody has. Yeah. And I still to this day think they eat a bag of gummy bears a day. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so. That's good. Um, Gummy bears and mozzarella cheese sticks. Hmm. And I did not like cheese. Like I was You're not. You're talking about like fried cheese? Fried cheese sticks. Yeah. Baked cheese sticks. Cheese, yeah. breaded, yeah. fried, oven yeah. baked, with marinara, didn't care how. You ever make any at home? No. No? 
Because I heard you could take the string cheeses and bread them and fry them, and it turns out pretty good. I have not, but I made risotto cheese balls. Mm. So that was a little bit different, but still a cheese ball that I could dip in marinara. That was something you made for the craving? Yes. Okay. Yes. And okay. it actually turned out really good. So it was leftover risotto. Tell me about labor. Um, I was very fortunate. Did you have like a bag packed, ready to go? Absolutely Do you have, like, not. N- numbers called just in case you were here, in case you were there. One would think that this was like my eighth pregnancy, and it was my first. <laughs> like I was so relaxed and laid back, and Ben's like, "Babe, we should probably pack the bag." And I'm like, "Oh, we'll get to it. We should probably pack the bag. Oh, I'll get to it. We should probably put the car seat in. You're over your due date at this point. Can we please? Put- okay, go put the car seat in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get ready." Actually, um, as I mentioned before, I was 41 weeks and three days, and the doctor wanted to induce me. What's normal term? Uh, 40 weeks. 40, okay. 40 to 41 weeks is normal. But nowadays, they'll start asking you if you want to be induced at 40. Okay. They'll ask you right off, do you want to schedule to be induced? And I was hell-bent on not having an epidural. What was your qualms? Oh, was was it the epidural that Mm -hmm. you didn't want? And that comes with... Being induced. Okay. They give you Pitocin, which makes your contractions stronger from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. So you're not able to ease into those contractions. Um, But like I said, you know, I was extremely lucky. Um, I told Beckett, kidding around, I was like, okay, we're dropping off your sister, and we're going to go into labor. And no sooner than I pulled out of his sister's driveway, I went into labor. And I was in Waxhaw, and I live a good hour and a half away. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I was like, okay, not too bad. So we're riding, and I was like, oh, I'm going to probably go get some Logans. You know, it'll be a while before. Yeah, and, you get uh, a good steak. Yeah, eat dinner. me something real good, because that's yeah. what everybody says, eat something, because you don't know when you're going to eat again. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they'll fuck you up in the hospital with, yeah. with drugs. Even just even if you go completely natural, you'll be wiped out from an eight-hour pushing process. Like... That's that's what I'm saying. I was I was got I was blessed. Okay, so so you left you let you dropped sister off and you're on your way back. You were about to get some food and then what? I was like probably should get it to go. I yeah. had a contraction from the depths of hell hit me. Ooh. And I'm like roll down the window. Well, my husband cracks the window a quarter inch. No, no, no. You roll that sucker all the way down. I need air. Yeah. Um, so at that point, you know, I was like, okay, maybe we should get it to go because I'm not in a lot of pain, but when I am in pain, it's kind of, I don't want to be in public. People will be yeah. like, yeah. looking at me weird, yeah. thinking I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, so we get home after ordering food. I'm, we're in uh, Toys R Us because now we know he's going to be here by Thanksgiving and we're trying to get my first Thanksgiving outfit. Yeah. Um, then we get the food, come home. It's probably about 9 o'clock at night. So I dro- we dropped his sister off at 6, and we're back home at 9. We eat our dinner, and I'm having contractions throughout. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm all right. I'm going to go take a bath, see if I can relax, because my game plan was not to have an epidural. Yeah. And it's not because I didn't want necessarily an epidural. It's that I didn't like where the needle goes in your spine. Yeah. There's a lot of pros and cons with the epidural, and there's definitely no shame if you want the epidural. Yeah. It's just for me and a personal thing with me I did not do needles in between my bones yeah, needles yeah. don't freak me out but when they go in between my bone yeah um well that that whole thing with the epidural um it's it's there's a lot of um stigma behind it there's a lot of I remember when I was a kid um my name is spelt funny so when I would tell people how my name was spelt they'd look at me like oh like your your mom gave you that name I'm like yeah she took the drugs and I didn't mean like 
she did drugs because my mom's straight edge. She doesn't even drink yeah. alcohol, you know. But I'm sure when she had me, someone gave her the epidural, and that, that's what I that's what I meant. Like she took the drugs, you know. And then when I said that, I think in front of my mom, she's like, "Don't say that. It makes me sound terrible." Like you know, I was like, "Well, that, I've been saying that for years now, mom." Like I wish she would have told me this a long time ago. But there is. There's there's some girls that just want to tough it out. They're like, oh, I'm gonna do this natural. I'm gonna do this for my baby. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have the drugs. And I've never I didn't look into it a lot, probably like I should have. But I know that when when Isabella was on her way here, um, I had my wife on the bed and she was screaming at me, furious. What did you do to me? I can't believe that you did this. Like like she hated me. I went downstairs to get the camera. Um, I came back upstairs, she'd had the epidural, and she's like, I love you, we're gonna make a baby together. It was night and day difference within that 15 minutes. There is no wrong way to have a baby, as long as that baby comes into this world healthy. Amen. It doesn't matter how it gets here. I agree. Um, like I said, personal preference. For me, um, I was okay when I was not having a contraction. Um, back to what I was saying, we... So you got the food. It's nine o'clock. You're back home. You yeah. dropped sister off at six. You got the Logans. It's about nine. You had one contraction that was crazy. They now they're getting crazy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's get in the tub, relax, yeah. because. And another big, big point of advice is if you're trying not to have an epidural, don't go to the hospital until you cannot talk. When you're having a contraction, if you are thinking about not having an epidural and you really don't want one, do not go to the hospital. Where did you learn this information? Um, that is what the midwife told me okay. when I told her okay. that I did not want an epidural. Okay. Um, and also that's personal because once I got to the hospital, if I would have had to listen to the nurses ask me 500 million questions for very much long, I very well may have took the epidural just because they were so aggravating. Yeah. Um, so I got in the bath to relieve some of the pain and they stopped. I was like, okay. Mm, might need to get out of the bathtub because I definitely don't want to stall this labor. I don't want to be induced. Let's get it back going. So I come out of the tub and they come back about 20, 30 minutes later. And I'm on the phone with my mom saying, I don't know if I should go. I don't know if I'm being wimpy. I don't so know. So is this like 10, 30, 11 o'clock now? It's, it's about 10, 15. Okay. I'm laying on the bed. I get up and I go outside. And unfortunately, I still smoke during my pregnancy. Um, that's not a surprise or anything like that. And I'm, I'm not ashamed of it, you know, and I don't, I don't see any issues with that. I definitely wouldn't condone it, but I got out, got up to go smoke a cigarette. And at that point is when I was not being able to talk yeah. and I was stopping breathing. Yeah. Um, so I knew that it was getting closer Yeah. and, and you can feel, you can feel the baby coming down, um, with what it was being, that like? um, pressure. It's just pressure. Okay. Um, but was it like scary? Like he's here. Like, no, it's like, is this as bad as it gets, or is it going to get a hundred times worse? feel like you had to poop? No, I no. didn't have that until it was time to push. Okay. Okay. Um, but I get to the hospital, and they ask me, I'm in OB triage, which is like the emergency department for delivery. Okay. It's completely separate. And they ask me, what am I here for? <laughs> what am I here for? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm not here for an ingrown toenail. <laughs> I tell you that much. You know, I'm red faced. Yeah. I have just came out of the shower. I don't have a bra on. Yeah. You know, yeah. I called my mom and I'm like, Mom, do I need to wear a bra to the hospital? She's like, Well, you need to take one. And I'm like, No shit. Yeah. You know, obviously, I'm going to walk out yeah, and, yeah. you know, they're not going to be, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. going to need to be one. So they get me in and they're monitoring my contractions and 
and things like that. And, and it's killing me at this point because they're making you lay still on your back. Uh-huh. And that is the most, that is the worst thing. And they're asking. They got your feet up yet? No, they don't have my feet up because I'm in the triage still. Oh, okay, okay. They're monitoring how far I am. Okay. Well, I go in and I'm like, oh, please let me be past the four. I go in, I'm at a seven. I'm dilated. Seven inches Seven dilated. centimeters. Centimeters dilated, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with that, that's about the size of a soda can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You go to about the size of well, a bagel. you go from nothing to You go ten. from like a pinhead to yeah. a bagel. So I'm at a soda can about this point. I'm like, okay, made it this far. And they're asking me very important questions. And it's frustrating because they're asking me what kind of shots my son wants, what kind of health care should take place if something goes wrong. What kind, I mean, these are life-altering questions that you're asking and and you can't focus. And they're just rapid-firing. And they have to at this point because they notice that my contractions are coming and this baby is coming. They need to know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where's Ben? Ben is outside, actually. At this point, because my mom had switched, and we didn't know only one person could come back. Okay. At that in that room yeah, specific room, because yeah. I wasn't in the delivery room yet. Yeah, you're in the triage. I was in triage, so when I realized my mom was answering the questions for me because she okay. is obviously the one that knows what, correctly. Yes, I okay. hope I don't remember. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still just certain, not certain exactly what questions were asked that yeah. day. Um, you know, and I had oh god, I had a fit. I had a fit over a hospital gown. They, so your mom met you there? No, yes, she okay. did. She forgot her bra too. Um, <laughs> you know, so runs in the family. <laughs> so, um, long story short, there's this hospital gown, and they give you this hospital gown when you're in a terrible amount of pain, and it has five thousand buttons on it. And I kid you not, five thousand, and they give it to you unbuttoned. So it's like putting a giant onesie on with no blueprint of how this gown is supposed to go. It's just a sheet mm. and with buttons. That's all you know. Mm. So, <laughs> in my bit of pain... Connect the dotted lines. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But there's no lines and there's not really any cutout. It's just one sheet that drapes over you, but it, you would have been better off with a ghost cloth. Like, you know, yeah. the little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you end up have to button it. and um, your I was, mom, Did your mom help you out? Ben tried, and I kept ripping it off because I was swearing up and down it wasn't right, but it really was. Finally, he jerked it and ran out to the nurses and had him done. Long story short, they finally get me into um, the labor and delivery. Labor and delivery, and that's when it really starts going. I'm in there about 45 minutes, and what, I, is it midnight now? It is. Or is it still like 11? No, it's midnight at this okay. point. All right. Actually, it might be about 12:15. Okay. Um, because I left to go to the hospital at 10. 30, and I live about five minutes from the hospital. So now, when do you start counting the hours for your labor? Like, once you're in labor and delivery? Your first contraction. Okay, so, okay. So, at 6 o'clock, my labor started. Okay, because you had the discussion with your son in in vitro or in, in yes. utero, um, and you're like, hey, buddy, we got today's to go. the day. Well, I was getting induced Monday. That's right. And it is Saturday at 6 p.m. Okay, and you're like, hey, we're dropping your sister off, and then guess what? It's time. Because they weren't going to let me go anymore at yeah. that point, because yeah. they can... Uh, Go potty in the yeah. belly. Um, so we get back there, and I have this alter ego, um, Largatha. And at this point, I've had to bring out Largatha. A badass Viking bitch. Um, because that's the only way I was getting through it. Yeah. And they say to tell yourself when you're having a contraction, if you don't want to do an epidural, or if you can't have the epidural yet, and the contractions are still really strong, is that tell yourself you can do anything for 90 seconds. That's the average length of a contraction. And you can, if you think about it, you can hold your hand in the flame for 90 seconds. You can do anything for 90 seconds. 
So ninety seconds with my hand in a flame. I'm not saying like... necessarily in a flame, but over coals or touching coals, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do it. Yeah, you can do almost anything in ninety seconds. What does a contraction feel like? Um, it feels like you're getting Indian burn on your arm and steamrolled at the same time. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And I had back labor, so of course, me being on my back was terrible. <sighs> um, <clears throat> so I had pulled out Largatha. And I was laying there, and I was counting through the contractions because that was the only thing that was giving me peace of mind. Yeah. One, two, three, etc. Yeah. And then it would pass, and Ben said I was rubbing his... I, I felt like I was rubbing his arm, but I was clawing his arm off his waist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm like, oh, God, I've got to go to the bathroom. And this is about one thirty, one twenty-five. Okay. I jump up, I have to go to the bathroom. My water still hasn't broke, nothing. So I thought, okay, I actually have to go to the bathroom. No, it is not the bathroom that you have to go. It's time to push. Yeah. I come flying out of the bathroom. I said, Mom, I got to push. She said, you, there's no way. You cannot have went that fast. Yeah. And, um, oh, they did give me a shot of Demerol. I did take a shot of Demerol. Okay. Um, and that does not work at all. I was going to say, that's, um, that's just like a, a mild sedative. Demerol is not mild, but for the pain, it is mild. Okay. It's up there with like morphine and okay. things like that. Yeah. Especially yeah. when I don't know my pharmaceuticals. Shot straight into your IV. Um, so she calls the nurse in and um, they check me and I'm 10 centimeters. You're, you're a bagel. I'm I'm a bagel. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to have my mini bagel. Yeah. Uh, so they have to end up having to break my water. But after they broke my water, I didn't feel anything. What did they do that with? Was it like a big long pin? Honestly, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, so they, they put you on your back. It, I'm told it looks like a fish hook. So after you came out the bathroom, you get on your back, they put your legs up? Apparently, I'm having a play-by-play. -play. It's about three foot long and has a tip on it that pokes it. Oh, you can talk it. Two feet long. Well, yeah, what did it, was it look about, like? It was about, it was basically, like she said, a fish hook that had an extended arm on it. Was that, that shit scary looking? It had a grip on it. So it was like one of those claw things that you could like reach shit with, but no. it had a fucking hook on it? No, it was just a, like a mini baseball bat okay. with a handle on it that had grip yeah, yeah, yeah. For your fingers and yeah, everything? Yeah, yeah, And then a hook that was probably the size of a half a dollar. So it was like a surgical fucking brass knuckles yeah. with a fucking long yeah. tube. Well, a mini baseball bat, so yeah. a foot and a half. And yeah. then it had a hook on it. Yeah. And they just... They, she went in, wiggled to the left, wiggled to the right, and then it came out. And then you and just then heard... <laughs> no, it was just one. Just splash. One dump. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, go away now. <laughs> okay, so water has broken. One dump. <laughs> um, and after that, I didn't feel anything. Okay. Um, and, and I don't remember a whole lot. You know, like I said, I did have a shot of Demerol, and I didn't have any painkiller other than that. And I think that kind of... Makes. When did they give you that? Was this before the gown? Um, or was this... this was after maybe 30 minutes ago. Okay. It wears off in like five. I mean, yeah, you feel great for about five, ten minutes. But okay. after that, you might as well have had a Tylenol. Okay. Um, so they pop your water. You're on your back. You're getting steamrolled and Indian burned at the same time. Yeah. And you've got inner Largatha pulled out. Yeah. And so you do that for what, an hour? Two hours? Um, I'm back there. I get back there about 11.45. He was born at 1.51. So okay. for less than two hours between getting from triage and I walked. 151, so he's going to be a Bacardi boy. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, but 
at that point when they broke my water, I, I quit having pain. Okay. Um, you can definitely... Is that good or bad? Um, it's, it's great. It's great for you. It's great because you don't feel, but you still know when to push. Okay. And that's one of the things I didn't read up on is because I felt like our bodies as women know what to do. Yeah. Like we know biologically... Well, there's an instinct that kicks in because a hundred years ago you were pushing 13 of these motherfuckers out. Well, after the second one, they're just going to walk. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Exit this way, please. Yeah, right. Um, But it it was nice because I didn't have any pain um, and I was able to push when I needed to and I didn't feel exhausted. Um, Now, I did bust every blood vessel up from my collarbone up into my eyes. Um, That's definitely, definitely hard. Yeah. Um, and it, and it came to a point to where you don't feel like you can do it. You did that multiple times? Yeah. 22 minutes, which is very short for a first labor. Yeah. You know, some women push two, three hours. I would have been like, cut me open. So how, so once you had, once from the time that they, um, broke your water till the time that, was the doctor there to break the water or was it nurses? The midwife broke my water. Okay. There was another lady. Now, is this a midwife that you would work with the whole time? Like, were you comfortable you with this have lady? Mul- you don't care. Okay, You don't care matter. at this point. You, okay. Snoopy could be down there. Okay. Um, I mean, as <laughs> yeah. long as that is going to get the baby out. Yeah. Um, the doctor, um, the midwife that was in there, she leaves in the middle of me pushing. And leaves me with just a nurse. She, like, took a phone call? No. <laughs> another lady next door. But she okay. said, this is her six. Don't worry, I'll be right back. Okay. So, <laughs> so like I said, after two, they just start walking out. Yeah. Um... So she leaves and she comes back and um, they start noticing a little bit of distress with Beckett. Oh. Um, yeah. So they told me I had three more pushes. They called um, the NICU doctor and we're starting to prep for a C-section because his heart rate was starting to drop. And his they couldn't tell. This is all within the 22 minutes of you yes. doing the hard pushing. This is probably about 18 minutes in. How much of the 22 minutes did you feel? You didn't feel anything after the... Well, n- Not really. Okay. And they cut me. Um, they okay. cut me to help me get him out quickly. Uh-huh. Um, they normally don't cut anymore, but because of that, he was in distress. And now they did numb me after the. Like I said, they numb me probably about seventeen minutes after pushing. Okay. Because they noticed his heart rate was starting to drop, and they would rather cut you down there than cut give you a C-section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So they started noticing he was starting to go into distress, and they said, "You got three times to push him out. If he's not out, you're going back." To have it, emergency yeah. section. Mind you, I don't have an epidural. Yeah. So they're going to have to knock me out. Like, uh, fully sedate that's me. Not, you don't want that. No, because I'm going to be out for a couple hours. I'm going to miss my child's yeah. first couple hours. Yeah. So I pulled every little bit of Largus that I had and gave it all I got. And at 151, he came into the world, conehead and all. Were you, like, screaming and hollering? And... Um, I didn't scream and I didn't holler, but when you're pushing so hard, there are sounds that escape. Yeah, the grunting. Yeah. yeah, yeah Mom yeah. said, quit screaming. I said, I'm not screaming. I, oh, and my mother, dear God, I did cuss my mother out. <laughs> um, the only time, and, and Dan knows my mom, so, yeah. uh, so he understands yeah. the severity of this. Um, my mom and Ben were talking... And I had to hold on. And this was, you know, I was in labor good at this point. I hadn't started pushing or anything like that. And I look over at him, too, and I said, My, aren't y'all, too, some fucking chatty Cathy's? I wish I had some goddamn duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) And then after the contraction passed, I apologized profusely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then, you know, after he was born, it... The feeling that people tell you that as soon as you lay eyes on your child, your life will completely change. And you will love that baby unconditionally. 
that is true to a certain extent. Yeah. And this is what I didn't expect as a mom. You do have an instant love for that child, but it's not as fairy tale like as they tell you. Yeah. It's a stranger being put into your arms that you are now responsible for. Yeah. And while it's great, it is very overwhelming, especially after what the woman just has been through. Has been through. Yeah. And I think well, what your body has been through, what your soul has been through. You had to channel your inner hero. You know, you had to get steamrolled, and then you lost all feeling. I can just imagine, like, what would be going through your brain at that point. And then, of course, they're telling you, like, they might have to do an emergency C-section, which your whole goal was to not get epidural, not get C-sectioned. You know what I mean? This whole 41 weeks you've been, you know, holding on for this for this natural birth. And, I mean, you got it, thank God. But, you know, within that 22 minutes, I'm sure there's just so much you know, chaos and pandemonium, just, you know, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, the baby's in distress. And you probably hear that and start freaking out. That, and I will say that something that totally took me off guard is being in the delivery room, now that you said that, being in the delivery room before he went in distress and before anything else happened, while I was started pushing, they started bringing a lot of equipment in. And that scared me because I didn't know what it was. And so that kind of freaked me out. I thought, oh, God, is everything normal? So when you see that equipment starting yeah. to come in, you are about to have a baby. Yeah. yeah Don't yeah. freak out. Everything is fine. Well, they bring a little bed in there with the light over it. They have surgical tools just yeah. in case that they have to cut you. Um, so don't freak if you see a lot of stuff starting to come into yeah. the room. Did you, did you watch them, you know, clean him up and then, you know, they suction his nose? I don't remember. What I remember is, I remember when Isabella first came out, I remember um, there was a bunch of hands on my baby. Um, someone said it was a boy, or I might have just heard it, and I remember going over there and literally like moving nurses out of the way um, just to look, and it wasn't a boy, but I, it was still, you know, ten fingers, ten toes. That was one of the first things that I did was, you know, counted, make sure, you know, there's ears on both sides and, you know, the, you know two regular nostrils and a face, and in that moment... I was also experiencing what you said. It's like, you're not like over, overwhelmed with love, but you're also like, wow, this is like, this is, this is a creation that I made. Well, I think for a man, it's a little bit different in that aspect because you didn't carry the child where women are supposed to have that immense bond with their baby that has been inside of them. It is, it's like somebody handing you an alien. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's a little different nowadays because they don't, take the baby away and they don't do all that stuff now they take the baby and straight to the chest put it right on you put it right on you they want to have that contact they don't even give the baby a bath for the first six hours anymore oh um yeah yeah my they took they took bella and they they i remember they put her over in a bed right next to melissa i i I think they they wrapped it up in in a towel first let melissa see it and then for you know maybe maybe three minutes and then they took the kid right away. They started doing this, started doing that because uh, she didn't cry when she was coming out. So they had to like pinch her feet and make sure that she she could breathe and she her her lungs were working well. Um, but I remember they were they were so rough with her. Mm-hmm. They were like pulling her arms apart, pulling her legs apart, you know, wiping here and wiping there and swabbing this and sticking things in her mouth and you know sticking things in her nose. And I remember instantly feeling um, overprotective, like hey. 
Are you supposed to be doing all that? Like, hey, stop pulling Kids so hard. Kids are like, way more resilient. I, and than... I know this now, you know? And yeah. by the time my son came, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is part of the process. Yeah, go ahead. Pull his arms apart. Yep, make sure you get that little swabby stuff underneath there, you know? Um, but uh, that's weird. I didn't know they don't give them baths for six hours. It now. drops their body temperature really ah, low, and okay. it's hard to get it back up. So, okay. yeah, for the first six hours, he was on me. Or his dad, um, which is kind of gross. I mean, yeah. it's my bodily fluid. Well, I don't think I don't think gross. they submerged her, but they definitely wiped her down. Yeah, no, they yeah. put they put them straight to the skin with warm blankets over top of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie, you know, it definitely was still an experience that books don't justify, but it is the best feeling in the entire world. Like, you know, at that point, this is before all the craziness sets in. You have just ran the race of your life. You have done it. You have made it. And this will be the same for anybody, no matter how you have your child. C-section, epidural, no epidural, at home, in a bath, however. You have ran that race. You are now one of the many who have done the most amazing job that will ever be. So after after they give you the baby, and you've got the, you've got the baby for, what is it, five, six minutes... Or would you said three, four how, hours? How many hours did we have him before they did anything? Two hours before they took the Abgar. Two hours before the Abgar, and then that was maybe fifteen minutes because and then he was back the morning, to know, the so chest. Nobody's. We had nobody's him until six, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. On on our chest. How long? So so did the midwife make it back in for the delivery? Yes. Or was there yes. a doctor? She she did cut me. Um, okay. And they stitched me up. Um, I didn't feel them cutting me, but I felt them stitching me. And um, then I asked for drugs after all that. Before she started stitching. Ooh. Did she? Well, it didn't hurt that. That's why you felt her stitching. Uh You said they forgot to numb her before they started stitching. When? Because I'm sitting there looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you could see her, like, going in, and you see her angles and stuff like that. Yeah. Of where she's actually putting the needle and everything. Yeah. But she's only on one side. Oh. So there's two sides yeah, yeah, that yeah, you when you put have together. to sew, yeah, put yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they only numbed one side. And I thought explain why I should feel both. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and I chose to breastfeed. Yeah. Um, and that, they, they pop him right on the boob too right afterwards. Um, there's no... Your mommy job starts right then. Yeah. Well, didn't... Did, was it you or was it someone else? Didn't you say that he's got a... Um, uh, dairy deficiency? He has a milk sensitivity. Milk sensitivity, yeah. I'm no longer able to breastfeed. After six weeks, we realized that it was tearing up his little stomach and I wasn't able to. At least you got that first six weeks in. Yes, and I will say that for me personally, it wasn't a big issue. My baby has a giant mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, so it's different. That will be completely different for every woman and I don't have much to say about that, but don't give up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to well, feel like a failure at Breastfeeding is, <laughs> is one thing that I've always um, petitioned for strongly. Um, like when my brother had his son, um, his wife told me, oh, I'm not going to breastfeed because uh, I want to go back to smoking or whatever. And I was like, that's so selfish. How could you even think that? Like, even... you need to breastfeed that kid. It's Because there's, there's really no replacement on earth for the nutrients and the 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 amount of just biological benefit that is in that milk that comes from the mother you can't replace that you can't supplement that from anywhere else that's a once in a lifetime um opportunity to have those you know just raw just 
powerful cells injected into you straight from the mother. Like there's there's no replacement for that. And there's there's proven scientific documented facts that that state you know it's super beneficial it, it has long-term benefits short-term oh, yeah. benefits you know i i've just always been a huge never been able to do it but i've always been a huge um promoter of of breastfeeding i think it's something that is uh it's it's essential and if, if you can do it you should and if, if you can't do it for long at least do it for as long as you can mm -hmm. my doctor told me she said even though i smoke Definitely, breast is best, um, you know, and a, but a fed baby is a happy baby. Yeah, yeah. Because I would get so stressed about how much I was producing. Yeah. And lack of sleep, poor diet, and um, stress will dry up your milk. And, of mm -hmm. course, that's like a recipe for a newborn. Yeah, Hello, lack of sleep, yeah. You shove whatever you can possibly eat into your mouth. Yeah. You don't sleep, and stress is at an all-time high. You know, um, so just, I would advise buying a thing of formula and have it on the ready. That way you don't feel stressed in case if your baby's hungry. Yeah. Because we ended up going to Walmart at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Because I ran out. Yeah. And it's going to happen. You're going to have highs and lows with that. Yeah. Um, and then of course that's stressful in itself. Oh, oh yeah. That, that, I think that was the big issue with stress. Yeah. And mine came out eat, wanting to eat four ounces. Yeah. Like, no two for him. You got a big boy, yeah. 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 So. I know that, um, do you want to chime in? Oh, uh, I know that, um, when, when I first, when we first brought Bella home, um, it was definitely a learning experience to, to speak to the stress that you're talking about. When you've got a kid that is fed and clean and, you know, they're still crying, it's it's almost like, okay, what are the basics? What am I missing here? Are they sick? You know, are they running a fever? And then your hand is hot, and, you know, and it, it's... I feel like they feel your stress. Oh, yes. And that's probably why they're stressing so much. Oh, yeah. Um, And I had feelings, you know, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? This kid's never going to stop crying. Like, their mom finally got to sleep, and, you know, she never gets to sleep, so I can't go in there and wake her up. What am I going to do? And you start panicking, and it's like this... This brand new life, this thing that you think is so fragile, is like in need of something, and you can't communicate, and you want to, you want to just be like, tell me, just tell me what you want, and I'll give it to you. But of course, they're four days old, so they can't talk <laughs> back to you. You know what I mean? Oh yes, yes, um, yes. So I, um, I, I know what that's like, and it's you know my life definitely changed overnight, and I definitely um, picked up a lot of instincts that just came right away like holding the neck and you know um uh just making sure that you know they're always swaddled or making sure that they always have a hat on you know newborns are so susceptible to um you know temperature change and you know germs and everything so you just want to have them covered up completely if you take them out you know have the blanket over the over the carrier. the carrier you know like all those things i had to learn i picked up most of them pretty quick but some of those things in those panic modes, it's like, you just have to tough through it. And I think a lot of it is your baby feeding off that. I know that um, with due to the time that he was born, his days and nights were completely ass backwards mm. for three weeks. Mm. Three weeks, that little seven pound, <laughs> zero ounce baby had us running shifts in this house. Yeah. Um, 
to the point to where I didn't know if I was ever going to sleep in the same bed with my husband again. Yeah. Um, you know, so you have those thoughts of, will this ever end? Yeah. It will. Yeah. It will. And I'm to that point now where I see, uh, I've been there probably for about three weeks now where I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm getting those cute little smiles. But during those first three weeks of his life, I was not prepared to have the feelings I would have. Um, and I think postpartum is definitely real. But I think some people accidentally label the thoughts that they have postpartum when they're natural. Um, I didn't talk to anybody the way I felt probably for about two and a half weeks because I thought something was wrong with me. Yeah. And then, because in the magazines they say, oh, you're going to love your baby. It's going to come naturally. It's going to be the best thing in the world. They're just perfect and you'll never be upset or anything like that. But when you're running on no sleep and... You know, you literally are exhausted and you're only running on coffee and this baby will not stop crying. You, I had to put him down and walk outside because I would get upset with him and obviously I would never do anything to hurt him, hence me putting him down and walking outside. Yeah. But I felt like a bad mom. Yeah. I felt like the worst mother. I thought, how can I be upset with this tiny little perfect creature that I put on this earth. Mm -hmm. How can I be mad at somebody for something they didn't even ask for? Yeah. You know, but that was the sleep deprivation yeah. talking. That was the three hours of crying that would ensue every night between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. and yeah. Which was also probably that sensitivity to milk that you weren't oh, aware yes. of yet. Oh, yes. You know. Um, the, with, between the sens milk sensitivity and his days and nights mixed up and he is getting used to the world. Yeah. This is all brand new to him. Yeah. You know, just it, even more so than it is to me. Mm -hmm. I at least had some books to read. Poor little thing. So did you think it was colic was the um, milk sensitivity? Because... At, at, at one point, yes, because of the hours that he would cry, um, and I would cry. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do anything but cry. Because didn't you find something for colicky kids that's a real good yes. solution? Yes, and it actually worked with his belly issues. It did help a lot. It was called gripe water. Gripe water. Um, that's, that's what you were telling me about that I'd never heard of. There's mixed reviews on it. I would advise parents to use it at their own discretion okay. and find what's right for them. Okay. Um, but definitely, if your baby is crying and there's nothing that seems to say that change your formulas, change your breast milk. Um, if you're breastfeeding, diets can take up to a month to change and get everything out. So yeah. if that's the case, take a break, but still pump. Yeah. Um, you know, but like I said, I was afraid to talk to anybody because I was, you know, in those magazines, nobody says that you get upset. <laughs> it's, it's a natural yeah. thing to get upset and don't feel like you're a bad parent. Yeah. Don't think that you're going to drive your car off the bridge with the baby. I mean, I'm one of those extreme people that go to the worst case scenarios. So my mind was all over the place. Yeah. Um, so were you reading a lot? Did you have did you have one of those things that like sent you an email every day? With... I would Google. Okay, you just Google. I just Google why is my baby crying? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. can I do to help yeah, my baby? Yeah. And it gives you the checklist to go off of. Um, I will say there are a few products that I highly, highly, highly endorse. Yeah. And what are those? Is the Rock and Play okay. by Fisher Price. That's the one that vibrates and kind of. It's a sweet. It's a bassinet. That is a cradle, but it's slightly elevated, too. So that will head off any acid reflux problems. It's super lightweight. You can collapse it, and I can carry it with a diaper, a loaded car seat, my purse, and the pack and the rock and play up 16 stairs. Wow. In one go. Um, and the baby sleeps beside me in, in 
beside a bed and and like I said it's just super easy and you can move it all around the house and like I said that's one of the products that I definitely definitely endorse um there's things that your baby won't like at the beginning who will love six weeks later or a week later even yeah um to see them grow at such a fast rate is just astronomical yeah yeah so um I'm, I mean you're totally in love with your baby now oh yes um how do you like um, well, he's only three months old, not even three months old yet. Three days, he'll be three months. But do you feel comfortable leaving him with your mom? Do you feel comfortable, you know, how does that work? Like, have you become super overprotective? Um, no, but when it comes to that, I think I'm very level-headed. Okay. If they meet the criteria of I know them very well and known them for years. Yeah. Family. Yeah. They have babies and they've kept all theirs alive. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That's a good. That's a good statistic to know. <laughs> you meet the criteria. Yeah. You know, there's three people that I trust my child with, and actually four: um, my best friend of twelve plus years, uh, my husband's sister, and my mother. Um, you know, I'm not one of those like super overprotective moms. I realize that germs, some germs are good, some germs are bad. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's in the middle of cold and flu season, and that is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um, because their immune systems and their lungs are still so fragile at this point, um, while the rest of their body is pretty resilient. Yeah. Um, their lungs, you know, you really worry about every little cough, every little runny nose, every little sneeze, and I didn't expect to feel that way. Um, that's something very new. I don't think I've ever heard the name Beckett before. Where did you come up with that name? What was was there a story? Is that someone's name that you know? Is that like a family name that you're passing on? Tell me about that. I don't remember where it come from. Okay, you just liked it. I remember I said it one night, and both of us were like, "Yes." What's his? Uh, okay, so you got okay. So Beckett is the name. Now, do you think you'll have more kids? Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, do you have, like, a plan? Is there, like, a certain amount of years you want to wait? A certain amount of money. So, okay, so, okay. Kids are expensive, as everybody knows, but it's not like daycare or um, things like that. Um, I mean, it is, it's daycare that'll yeah. get you. Yeah. A newborn is $185 a week. Yeah, yeah. Another reason to um, pro-breastfeed. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Um... But it's very expensive daycare and, and things that, like, you don't even think about that come into play. Like, me picking him up and dropping him off at daycare, which he doesn't go to daycare. He goes to my husband's sister's house. And yeah. she watches him, which we're very lucky because we do not pay $185 yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, but still, we pay. Yeah. And that adds up for sure. Um, and only because she's got to make a living, too. She can't just be sitting at home for free. Yeah. Um, You know, but... Even the monotonous things of driving your kid to daycare and then picking them up, that's an extra 40 minutes a day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm fortunate she lives like seven minutes away, but with traffic and everything like that, you know, those are just things I don't think you think about until you're doing it. So have you gotten into a, a regular routine yet? Like oh, is, yeah. Is, do, you have, do you have him on a schedule? Yes. So much easier, right? Yes, yes. I know when his cues are. And, and you read about baby's cues and you think, oh, I'll know, the, I'll know baby's cues because I've read all about it. And, yeah. And I think that's a huge, huge common misconception. Um, because while babies may have their cues, babies that early don't always 
portray the same cue for the same thing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it, the first eight weeks, I think, was trial and error. You know, we constantly had a new diaper, bottle, passy, rocking and bouncing. Um, I don't think I quit moving from the time he was born until probably about ever. I still haven't quit moving. Like, yeah. I'm constantly bouncing my leg because I'm so used to bouncing him. Or yeah. <laughs> one night, I had crawled into bed after a sleep-deprived night. And I'm so used to patting Beckett on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, I get in the bed and I start patting my husband on the bottom. He's <laughs> like, are you patting my bottom? I was like, yes, I'm sorry. You know, like, it's it's just there. And yeah. I think I have carpal tunnel now. Um, I know my cyst has flared up on my wrist from all the extra padding and yeah. things like that. But um, I never wanted kids. No. No. And now I have so many fears as a mom of things that would take him away from me. And it's not that I think about them often, but when I do, they take my breath away. Yeah. It's like, I went so long with it just being me. And now it's like, I don't know. I feel like I've just waited my whole life to have him. Yeah. And, and, and you look at your significant other in a completely different way too. Yeah. Um, do you feel overwhelmed? Not anymore. Okay. I got this. You got it, right? I got this. Okay. Like, I'm ready for baby number two. There you go. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's not bad. You know, people say it is hell, and it really is. Yeah. But that ends, and when you're done with that, you know, you can't put a time limit on it. Just because your kid is not doing these things does not mean it's wrong. Yeah. Or something's wrong. Um, You know, for me, the light at the end of the tunnel happened to be, like, two weeks after I went back to work. Okay. And I was out two and a half months with him. Uh-huh. Um... And like I said, I guess I'm one of the fortunate ones, you know, because some women, they they battle with that postpartum and they can battle with it for eight, nine months. Yeah. Um, but we found our groove and his routine pretty much consists of we wake up in the morning at 7, 15. Yeah. And he'll wake up with me. Um, and he's really happy in the morning nowadays. Um, he's not, like, the first five minutes, he's real pissed. He is not a morning person at all. <laughs> like, if he could, he'd have a cup of coffee, I swear. Yeah. Um, he probably gets that from his mom. Yes. Um, but he is not very happy when he wakes up. But after that five minutes, I start getting those smiles. Yeah. And I get that good morning. Baby smiles are the best. Oh, God, they warm your heart. Yeah. It it really is. Like, I could look at him smile all day long. And that's another thing. You will stare at your baby. You will stare at your baby for the first month. You will just stare like it's the best movie on the face of this planet. Like, you will just be drawn into him. Are you taking her. Are you taking lots of pictures? Yeah. Uh, my mom always told me, uh, this was before the cell phone uh, camera age, but always told me, take pictures every mm-hmm. day. They change every day. And that's so true. Yeah. Looking back from how much, how he was, he was, he was skinny and long. Um, and now he's long and chunky. He had a little growth spurt. He's such a big boy. He is a big boy. He's such a big... What did you say? He was 22 inches when he was born? 22 inches and 7 pounds even. He's 25 inches and 13 pounds now. Yeah, he's going to be a basketball player. Uh, something. We gave him a sports star's name, so <laughs> better live up to it. Yeah, right? Um, I think it sounds like a, a ball player's name. Like if you were to say his name yeah, out yeah, loud. Yeah, absolutely. Buckets. <laughs> buckets <laughs> Beckett dropping buckets but um doesn't help that I'm 6'5 so yeah yeah tall dad yeah it's definitely he's definitely gonna um he's definitely gonna be a big kid um so you said that uh I mean we're probably gonna have to wrap this up pretty soon but you said there was there was a lot of things that aren't in the books um is there anything else for for 
mothers to be or or any other advice you might give to you know someone that's pregnant or you're gonna read a lot of things um that will scare you yeah um a lot of things that you think will work and you're gonna put them up on a pedestal and they will fail and you're gonna be trying to figure things out and you're gonna feel like a failure but remember you are keeping that baby alive you are keeping him breathing you are keeping him fed you are keeping him clothed and warm you're doing all you need to do don't let books or society tell you that you're doing it wrong yeah there is many ways to raise a baby um now that being said also safe sleep um i am a huge I guess advocate you could say for safe sleep um when they're really really little don't put them in bed with you you want to roll over on them. you can roll over on them yeah. and now once they get Beckett like I said he is a little bit bigger boy once he hit two months I knew he was big enough to wear I wouldn't like I said that being said don't don't let the doctors scare you when you take him home as in, don't put them in the bed, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Put them in a bubble, don't let them breathe bad yeah. air. Yeah. You know, because there's going to be a lot of things that they tell you not to do and to do. Um, you know, as long as you follow common sense and safe, like I said, safe sleep is an important key. Don't put anything in there. Yeah. Cribs with them or their beds or whatever they're sleeping with and don't even, like, sleep with them yeah and it's hard not to fall asleep with him i've fallen asleep with him before just because of how exhausted i was yeah 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 um that that i would say is don't let the doctor scare you do what's right for you and your family yeah um because at the end of the day the only people's opinion matters are the one under your roof yeah you want to you want to take the advice you want to take whatever um guidelines people give you but you want to you want to um do what's best what fits your lifestyle, what fits the way you want to bring your kid up. Um, my my final statements to you besides, you know, congratulations, you did it, would just be to, you know, follow those instincts. Um, keep your baby warm, keep it fed. I think you've got all the basics down. But, um, you know, as well as safe sleep, make sure you get enough sleep to, mm -hmm. to enjoy your day and to be functional or to be functional you have to understand that, you know, you are that baby's um, provider, you know, um, not sole provider, but it's its main source of everything, life. Um, you have to take comfort. care of yourself yeah. in order to take care of another human. Yeah. And I was very fortunate with my partner. We would do shifts where I would go to bed at 8 yeah. and I would wake up between 1 because, like I said, that was his scream time. And I would look at Ben and I would just cry and I would be like, will this end? Yeah. Will we be good again? Will we be able to enjoy, like, uh, I would dread nighttime. It would make me almost sick because I knew what hell was about to ensue yeah. in my household. Um, like I said, I would have to put him down and just step away and calm myself. It's and funny. there's nothing wrong with that. It's funny how something so small can cause so much static and so much and it's just it's just a baby crying and the funny thing that um that you'll notice especially later on is if there's other parents around like when your baby was whining a little bit while we were eating it didn't bother me at all 
You know, um, a lot of people will think that just because you've got people around and, you're, and your baby's fussing a little bit that it's a big problem. Now, before I had kids, I'd be like, yeah, shut that baby up. You know what I mean? Someone tell that, you know, stick a pacifier in his mouth. But now that I'm a parent and I've been there and I've, I've stressed out and I've had those same thoughts, it's like, you know what? I just feel bad for the kid. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not judging you in any way. That kid can cry all he wants. It's not bothering me. And I'll, I'll go out of my way to tell a parent, hey, it's not bothering anybody. You know what I mean? Like, take it easy. It's and, all good. And I was there with you. Um, I will say that I had, like, a sheer terror of going out in public. Yeah. And him screaming. Yeah. Like, it would almost be anxiety-inducing. Yeah. So, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, good job. Keep it up. Um, I want to follow up with you maybe after his year birthday. We'll do another one, see all the stuff that you learned. But my, my final closing words to you is just enjoy this time. While he's still stationary and while he's still, <laughs> you can set him down and he stays there. You know, once he starts rolling, and I've got a feeling that kid's going to be walking well before a year. That's what the pediatrician said. He was yeah. starting to do the step Yeah, motion. and he said he's and got he's the like, super oh strong neck. Once he starts doing belly time and he starts getting mobile, um, your skills are going to increase tenfold. Um, you think you're a ninja now, just wait. The parenting, um, it, it steps up, but I think that, uh, I think that God designed us in a way that, you know, we take baby steps with our baby. Well, those are what I consider the fun years too. Like yeah. the baby years for me with my niece, I was more hands off, but once she hit the one to four mark, now she's six and she tells me no and I tell her to be quiet. Yeah. Um, you know, before they get that sass on them is my fun stage. Yeah. Like the, the zero to one for me, yeah, it's great. It's the milestones, but what I'm really looking forward to is the one to about three, four. Yeah. I think will be like my, like the super fun time with him. And I, I don't know how accurate this is, but I've heard and I've believed for a long time that uh, your baby develops its whole personality within the first three years of its life. So you got to love that kid. You got to, you mm -hmm. know, introduce him to things that you want him to hold on to for a long time. Um, uh, you've got to, you know, give him everything you've got for those first three years. It's all about, you know, keeping him happy, keeping him engaged, um, putting things in front of him that, that trigger, you know, responses in his mind. There was also a study done, I know we're closing up, but one quick thing that I was reading and I found it very interesting is that kids in today's society that are grown up don't have a chance to be bored. So even though he is three months, now don't, don't think I let him cry it out by any means or let him do anything, but when he starts getting fussy and he is bored, I what we put on these uh, baby sensory videos that yeah. help stimulate their mind. Yeah. When he starts to cry or fuss a little bit, I don't immediately drop what I'm doing. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to kill him to be bored for a second. Yeah. Because at this point, at three months, you know as a mother whether your child is hungry crying yeah. or something's wrong crying or I'm bored. Wait. Yeah. And you don't want to coddle them every time they make Correct. noise. Yeah. So, so while you do want to give them all the love and all the attention, you don't want to raise a child that can't cope with natural things. And I think starting that at an early age will be beneficial to us both because today's generation really scares me. It, it terrifies me that these are the people that will one day lead our country and take care of us. Yeah. Um, you know, so I hope to be raising a gentleman with a kind heart and a good soul and high morals. And That's what it's all about. That's what I'm attempting. That's what it's all about. Well, I definitely am interested in doing this again. Um, I want to see 
what type of young man uh, Beck is going to turn into, especially around three or four or five. I'd love to see him standing at attention, saluting people, um, just with the utmost of manners. I could definitely see that. But we will uh, we'll do this again. This was a lot of fun. I um, had a great time, and I hope this will reach some ears of some people that will put it to good use. Have a good night.